Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. I hope y'all had an amazing Christmas Eve. It's December 24th. It was the night before Christmas. And there were several souls awake. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, I need to read that story the night before Christmas. I don't think I've ever actually read it. I've heard it quoted in movies multiple times. <sighs> yeah, I made it to uh, our Christmas Eve service at our church. It was pretty good, pretty good. Sang some songs, sang some songs, some some uh, Christmas carols, Christmas worship carols, I like to call them. What was my favorite song? Mary, Did You Know? I love that one. That's probably one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs, especially the newest one sang by Bambrick City Music. So good. I highly recommend watching that video on YouTube. Look up Mary Did You Know by Maverick City Music. The version our church did was, was, was good, too, but nothing touches Maverick City Music. <laughs> oh, man, I got that song on. I, well, I got that one. And what is the other one I've been seeing? I've been playing a lot. Away in a Manger. On Maverick City Music, they do a lot of, like, two songs on one. It's pretty cool. They'll just transition right into a different one. So, yeah, wait. Look up Away in a Manger slash Worthy is Your Name with Kim Walker-Smith and Chandler Moore. So, so good. Anyway, let's go and hop right into this word. We are in Second Chronicles chapter 12, 2 Chronicles chapter 12. Last episode, if you didn't get a chance to listen, was Rehoboam. <laughs> Just listen to it and you know why I called it that. Ho, 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 boom. This is pretty interesting. We learned about all his wives and concubines and children. So now we are getting ready to read some more about Rehoboam. Egypt evades Judah is the heading for this one. Yes, Second Chronicles chapter 12. But when Rehoboam was... <laughs> sorry for me not to say Hohoboam now. Rehoboam was firmly established and strong. He abandoned the law of the Lord and all Israel followed him in this sin. It just shows you the importance of a leader. Can make or break a nation. Because they were unfaithful to the Lord, King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign. He came with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horses, and a countless army of foot soldiers, including... Hold on a second, I want to make sure my do not disturb is on, just in case somebody tries to call me during the middle of this episode. Not that I'm really expecting any phone calls, but, you know, just in case, just in case. (sighs) That'd be really cool if your name was Justin and your last name was Case. And people ask, what's your name? Just, I would always say my first and last name, Justin Case. Now, for real, what's your name? I'll never forget that. My buddy, Tim, he was the best man at my wedding. His mom's name was Comfort. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't even know why I asked him what his mom's name was for whatever reason. And I was like, what's your mom's name? Comfort. 
No, for real. What's your mom's name? Comfort. I didn't believe him. I didn't think his real. I thought he was like. I didn't think he heard what I said or something like that. Anyway, that'd be that'd be interesting to have a name that people don't expect to be a real name. Anyway. Like there was this young one young lady in the school I worked at, this charter school. Her name was A Miracle. Like her, she's a, she's a miracle. Her parents named her A Miracle. It's pretty cool. All right, verse three. He came with twelve hundred chariots, sixty thousand horses, and a countless army of foot soldiers, including Libyans, Sukites, and Ethiopians. Shashak conquered Judah's fortified towns and then advanced to attack Jerusalem. The prophet Shemaiah then met with Rehoboam and Judah's leaders who had all fled to Jerusalem because of Shishak. Shemaiah told them, this is what the Lord says, you have abandoned me, so I am abandoning you to Shishak. Then the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, the Lord is right in doing this to us. When the Lord saw their change of heart, he gave this message to Shemaiah. Since the people have humbled themselves, <laughs> since the people have humbled themselves, I will not completely destroy them and will soon give them some relief. I will not use Shishak to pour out my anger on Jerusalem. So that just shows you an example of the importance of repentance and how God honors repentance and humbling yourself. But they will come. They will become his subjects. But there's always consequences for our bad choices. So, as you can see, they will become his subjects. So they will know the difference between serving me and serving earthly rulers. They thought I was bad. So look how it is when they got to serve an earthly ruler. So King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything including all the gold shields Solomon had made. Mm -mm -mm. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes, and he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the guard who protected the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the guards would also take the shields and then return them to the guard room. Because Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger was turned away, and he did not destroy him completely. There were still some good things in the land of Judah. Amen to that. Thank you that God's anger doesn't last forever, especially when we repent. And the cool thing about being a Christian is when you accept Jesus in your heart, when God sees us, he sees Jesus spotless. So like that idea that it can feel a lot of times that God is always angry at you or upset with you. He's he's angry at the sin and what and the impact that it has in our lives when we walk from under his covering. But he's not angry at you. He loves you and cares for you. Just like he does his son, Jesus, who's our advocate. He's our lawyer, always pleading and defending our case for why. We shouldn't get a lot of the punishments that we should we should get. Could you imagine every time that you were about to get a spanking as a kid, you had Jesus right there talking to your parents like, hey, I know, I know you all told him a hundred times not to 
do fill in the blank. But here's why you shouldn't spank him around him. <laughs> He's covered. He's covered in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Could you imagine the blood of Jesus getting you out of a lot of whoopings? That's what I should have been doing as a kid. I should have been reading my Bible more and being like, hey, y'all can't whoop, whoop me. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Uh, this is our summary of Rehoboam's reign. King Rehoboam firmly established himself in Jerusalem and continued to rule. He was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city the Lord had chosen from among all the tribes of Israel as a place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Nama, a woman from Ammon. But he was an evil king, for he did not seek the Lord with all his heart. Hmm. Verse 15, the rest of the events of Rehoboam's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the record of Shemaiah the prophet and the record of Edo the seer, which are part of the genealogical record. Rehoboam and Jeroboam were continually at war with each other. When Rehoboam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Abijah became the next king. As I was reading now, just thinking like, what was it about the way Solomon raised Rehoboam that made him an evil king that did not seek the Lord with all his heart. What kind of parenting was parenting or not parenting was Solomon doing for his son to turn out the way he did? For his, for Solomon's son, Rehoboam, to turn out the way he did. Just a thought that ran through my head. All right, let's hop on this Romans road of salvation. Let's see how Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned or missed the mark, veered off the path, and come short of the glory of God." Romans six twenty three says, "For the cost or the wages of that sin is death, but the free gift of or to separate eternal separation from God." But the free gift of God is eternal life forever and ever, forever, ever and ever, ever through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5 eight says, but God demonstrated or showed his love because God was from the show me state. He didn't just tell us he showed it. He so he showed his love to for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were tripping, denying him, didn't want to have nothing to do with him. He chose to be beaten, whipped pick up this big old heavy cross carried on his back up a hill a, a high hill and then be hung on a cross nailed to the cross bleed to death for like what do they say how many hours was it i can't remember but it was a long time i need to google that again i forgot but he was on that cross for a long time before he actually died piercing his side he did all that i don't know anybody that would do that for me and i certainly wouldn't do that for y'all I love y'all listeners. I love my brother. I love my kids. I love my mom. I love my dad. But I would never die on a cross for my for my family. I barely, I don't even know if I would actually, I might say I might take a bullet from my brother. But I don't know if I would actually do it. Because it looks painful. Um, What's something I would do? What's, what's the worst pain I would take from my kids or my brother or my parents? Because I don't like pain. Mm, I'd have a tooth pulled last year, and that was painful. That was pain. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. I had one of my molars pulled. 
Oh, it was so painful. I'll probably do that. That's that's probably the worst pain I probably would uh, endure for somebody in my family. But I definitely won't hang on no cross. But Jesus did that for y'all, for all of us, everybody. Not just a select few, but everybody. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with our hearts, we believe we're now in right standing and with our mouths, we confess that we are now saved. It was interesting at our church tonight, they did an altar call. The pastor did. And our church doesn't do altar calls very often, which is interesting. Um, it's more like a spirit-led type thing. Um, I know some churches, they do an altar call at, at the end of every single service. Anyway, our pastor did an altar call. And he had everyone bow their heads, close their eyes. And then anybody who wanted to accept Jesus, he said, raise their hand. He didn't make anybody stand up. He didn't make, I've been at churches where they make you walk down to the altar or sit in a chair in front of everybody. Or, yeah, you got to come down to the altar. And it's a big production. And I know for a lot of people, that's intimidating. And I get why they do it because they're like, well, you know. They want you to be bold, you know, bold for Christ, not just be ashamed of, you know, Romans 116 says, I'm not, for now, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But I just want to encourage you that even if nobody right now sees you saying this prayer that we're about to pray, um, God sees you. And that's enough. That alone is enough. You don't have to go down in front of an altar and, you know, it's good to tell other people this new faith that you profess but if you didn't do that that does not make you less of a christian um if you sincerely as his word clearly says it says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that jesus died and rose from the grave you will be saved simple as that and then lastly romans 10 verse 13 says for whosoever anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the lord they will be saved not might be saved will be saved it doesn't say anything about their, in there about going out to the altar or standing in front of a group of people or immediately telling everybody that you're a Christian now. It doesn't say any of that. It just says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And it's that grace. It's that joy, that excitement, knowing that you were once on the road to hell and eternal damnation, eternal separation from God. And knowing that all your sins are separated as far as the east is from the west, that they're covered by the blood of Jesus. It's that joy and that excitement and that the depth of that grace that that's what inspires you and excites you, should excite you to tell others about Jesus, this Savior. When you see other people that are in pain or struggling or on the path to hell or the road to destruction in their lives, you can say, hey, you know what? You don't have to go down that path anymore. Let me tell you about this. I was on the same path, but let me tell you about this Savior, this Jesus, who died for me and died for you. So anyway, here we go. You could simply say this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. 
Amen. All right, y'all. I've got to go to bed in like 18 minutes. So hope y'all enjoy that. Looking forward to reading tomorrow. We're going to probably, I was, think I might drive tomorrow because I got a bonus. But as soon as I'm done, I'm just going to knock out my little six deliveries or whatever. If I even do it, we'll see. Um, people might have grace on me and tip really well. I don't know who's ordering groceries on Christmas Day, but somebody is. I don't even know what stores are going to be open. We'll see. But anyway, um, if I get six deliveries, I'll knock them out. Otherwise, I'll probably just record a bunch of episodes tomorrow. So God bless y'all. Have an amazing Christmas. And never forget the true reason for the season. And to all you singles, uh, just keep waiting on the Lord. He'll renew your strength. I'm actually going to be... I think I'm going to write, and I think I am going to write a book about singleness and just some things that I've experienced and I am learning as I go through the journey. So stay tuned for that. Is there anything else? No. Take care. Have a good night.
just want you just want you and nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you nothing else nothing else Jesus nothing else will do I just want you Jesus, you don't know. 